right, this is Ross Payton here with uh, Role Playing Public Radio. This is episode seventeen, the Bargain Bin Bonanza. Well, we're almost we're almost legal age, man. We're not, uh, jail- we're, we're not almost not jailbait anymore. Well, if you go, if you, I didn't know that the podcasting uh, uh, years, the age thing, was measured in episodes. Is that like a dog year? You know, it's like seven, one year of people years, is seven years of dog years. Is it something like that, Tom? Because we started doing the episodes last year, you know. So technically, we're not even one year old. Podcasts grow up quickly, Ross. I see. In the hard streets of the internet. That's right. You better watch out or they'll curb stomp you. Yeah, I think I saw an HBO documentary about the street kids. Of, okay, this of game, is just... Of gaming? Yeah. It was called is, The Wire, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Ooh, The Wired. Cool. Yeah, anyways, so uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about how to loot the dead body that is the used game shelf of your friendly local game store. And Ross like been a long metaphor. time thinking of that. Yeah, that was a uh, how's that metaphor? Uh, anyways, uh, of course uh, we have a couple things we want to talk about first. Of course, we uh, love hearing from you guys. We've been hearing from a lot more of uh, RPPR fans. We always appreciate that. We have some fans from Australia and the weirdest land in the world, Los Angeles. And uh, <sighs> man, yeah, I know, uh, crazy stuff. So uh, keep posting on the forums. Um, it's been brought to my attention. Uh, at least one of our other listeners is going to Gen Con. Uh, this year, so if uh, a couple, if we'd like to hear from uh, any other listeners out there who are going to Gen Con, uh, maybe we could get together sometime during the point uh, the yeah. convention. And, yeah, you can uh, actually look at us and think, "Wow, these are the people I'm liking or, on the internet. They y- suck." Yeah, I know. We have the faces made for radio. Uh, is the same. we're hideous? Yeah, barely human. <laughs> uh, well, you can see Tom's photo on the Facebook group. But anyways, uh, and or mine. I mean, I'm on the Facebook too. No, so. don't you? Wasn't your picture of you in the zombie makeup? No, I've got more than one. Other people have taken my photo, Tom. You don't know how Facebook works at all, do you? It's just this mystery to you. It's a series of tubes. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, maybe I can run an after-hours game of Monsters and Other Childish Things or Delta Green or something. Some damn thing. Uh, but we'd like to hear awesome from you. He is. Yes, exactly. Does he? He must. Or have maybe his... Tom could run a game. Would you like that, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? I'd have to deal with people I don't know. Oh, poor Tom. That's so scary. Anyway. Without the soothing balm of anonymity through the internet. So uh, post on our forums, send us an email, let us know. Uh, we'd like to hear back from you, find out how many of our hardcore listeners are going to be there. We uh, are preparing some promo materials to distribute at the con, including a fancy Dan uh, postcard with some new artwork from uh, Kojiro, the arcade ash one, the artist behind Darken, uh, D&D yeah. webcomic. Well, by the way, thanks Spring- uh, Springfield Blueprint and Photocopy for doing it. Well, not the postcards. They're doing the flyers. And well, still, we're doing I'm thanking them. Okay, thank them in advance. All right. Well, hey, there you go. my boss gave me the time off for Gen Con. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, If you need blueprint-related needs in Springfield, they would be the place to go. I and don't they, know what kind of overlap. And they deliver anywhere in Springfield or Nixa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, hey, you can move to Nixa. Nixa's where, Nixon's, Nixa's where uh, the Born Identity guy is from. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, if you watch the last one, you can see he was born Nixon, Missouri. Anyways. Nixon. Uh, and, awesome. of course, before we get to the main topic, though, I kind of have to confess something. Um, All right. For, the, for those who have an asthma inhaler, you might want to get it now. <laughs> Anyways, I have this sudden urge to get the new Dragon Ball Z video game Burst Limit. Uh, for. The, yeah. Do you know why I want to get it, though, Tom? 
I bet you're going to tell us regardless, so why don't you just do it? Last night, uh, while perusing the internet, I saw a animated GIF of uh, a scene from Burst Limit. And it was a very famous scene. It was uh, uh, the bald guy Krillin. saying, what does, the sa- what does the scouter say? And it's, what? Over 9,000? And then Vegeta burst the scout. You know, uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a reenactment of the over 9,000 video. I want to play a video game just because they've now put that scene in video game form, cutscene form. Is that, is, what does that say about me, Tom? I don't know, Ross. Yeah. I watched the show back when it was popular. Did you, do you remember the over 9,000 line? I do. You do? You actually I even saw, know the name you saw the, it in the I line. even know the name of the bald guy. Yeah, what's the bald guy? Napa. Napa? It's all vegetable names. Actually. What's a Napa? Uh, I don't know exactly. <laughs> so good. Turnip, I think, or something. All right. Fair Probably enough. Probably you people will know. Uh, I'm not interested if you do. So yeah. don't, don't correct us. Yeah. Well, correct us. Whatever. I don't care. Well, just like, don't correct me. Just pity me. Correct. No, correct him, and then you know. Hey Ross, we'll just... shut your mouth. No one cares. <laughs> You're sensitive about this. But you want to buy a Dragon Ball Z game? So. Well, I don't want to buy it. Maybe when it's used for five dollars or something like that, or rented. you want to pay five dollars, five of your hard-earned dollars to play that? Yeah. Steal the game for free, then maybe I'll think. <laughs> I won't think so. I'm not of a you. thief, Tom. And besides, you can't pirate console games nearly as easily as you can with. PC games. Not that I would know. I've just heard about this stuff on the internet. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, bargain bin bonanza. Let's uh, uh, talk about that. That's our main topic. So of course, yeah, let's get off that other topic that makes me ashamed of you. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Uh, all right. I don't know why I said that. Um, you know, every f- local game store worth you know its uh, dice has uh, at least one neglected shelf in the corner, covered with dust, with all the casualties of the gaming industry. Uh, in the case of metagames, they have several shelves dedicated to Yeah. Uh, not only do they have... Uh, mostly, of course, this is filled up with previous D&D versions sold off by hippies and formal uh, and recovering gamers who are now trying to become adults or whatever. And have sex with women. Yes. and uh, Or the what would you call uh, the parents who sell their you know satanic D&D books uh, to get rid of them or first, so- the first group I was ever with two of the three gamers that was with, were with me had very hardcore Baptist parents yeah or the uh, gamer switching his addiction for another addiction you know selling his game book so he could buy a CCG or, or of course heroin. yeah and not just the D&D then of course there's the used white wolf books from previous yeah, editions the used uh Shadowrun books. Yeah, that, that's that's it's mostly D and D and White Wolf. I mean, that's that's the bulk. You the Shadow Wolf, you get maybe Shadowrun. Shadowrun. You said Shadow Wolf. What the hell is that? Uh, I was thinking of Lone Wolf. I'm Sorry. correcting you because I don't get to do that very often. I know I'm a horrible person. You are. Anyways, uh, so you have all these. Uh, then you have the the cornucopia, the 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 potpourri of the other books. You have the the fantasy heartbreakers. The guy, the one guy who thought he could make a better game than D anD D, so he made his own fantasy world with its own unique gods and own version of elves and dwarves who hate each other and their own version of orcs. And of course, there's like a million of those RPGs out there. So, but each one th- thought his idea was original and awesome. Yes, and they sold at least five copies. Probably. It's enough to pay for the actual publishing costs. No, 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 no. no. Maybe. Maybe, prob- if they're lucky. Well, if the company opens And then, of course, there's the uh, the variant of the the modern, you know, usually post-apocalyptic 
uh, military theme game. Trying or, to be riffs, but yeah. not admitting it. Yeah. Or Twilight 2000, you know, the hardcore, I've got lots of guns in my game. My game has so many more skills and guns, so yeah. it's obviously Or the space-faring Star Wars. Well, anyways, so. you get our point. Mm-hmm. Now, normally it's easy to neglect these games and go whatever's new and shiny and has the best marketing uh, uh, material out there, obviously. The new version of D&D, the new version of a White Wolf game, the et cetera, or the new indie game of the moment. Uh, which, you know, Spirit of the Century, or what, or Cthulhu Tech, I think, would be the most recent one. I've drooled over that myself. But these bargain bin games have a lot of potential in them, and even if you don't want to... Uh, it's worth going through buying a couple of them and going using them as resources uh, for your own game, either as a player or as a GM. Or, not just, or sometimes I don't even use the material. I found some where I didn't even read them, but... They 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 got an artist far beyond what that book deserved. <laughs> I have, there's some games. Some of the artwork is just blows yeah. my mind. So there there are a lot of uh, hidden treasures in the bargain bin, and it's your duty as a gamer to uh, peruse it at least once or twice to find the uh, these hidden treasures. So uh, Tom, you want to talk? Start it off with uh, your first game, the first one you want to talk about. Yes, I actually have. Four, I uh, brought four books I have found in the bargain bin that right. have served me well. The first one is Waste World. Yeah. Now I it was who's from designed by Manticore Our, Games. Manticore uh, Games and uh, Bill King. Bill King, the designer. What's the copyright date? Do you know? Uh, it is 1997. 1997. All right, love. I was well. just driving wow. when I found this thing. All right, so tell us about Waste World, Tom. Well, once again, it's the horrible apocalyptic thing on a world that could be Earth, it may not be Earth, but it's distant future type stuff. where Kind of Judge Dredd material. Yeah, only far more advanced than that. Right. Where there's mutants and aliens and robots and huge, you know, megalopolis walled domed cities in the heart of By all the wastelands. Dredd. Yeah. All that kind of stuff where you... Basically, play a guy that gets guns and goes out and tries to kill people. And I see that's the point of the game. You wow. can there's some, you can do some role playing, but if you're not getting a gun, buying mutations for yourself, and shooting a bunch of people, you're not doing it right. <laughs> so, uh, what's the uh, value in this uh, bargain well, bin? Yeah. Well, I actually used the, I used this once where I actually tried to I ran tried to run a game once in it. I yeah. think you did too. Okay. The last all of one session, I'm like ah, this is a bunch of crap. You know, the system, the system itself is kind of weak, mechanic-wise, but I used the inspiration to actually uh, do a, uh, have a world for a world-hopping campaign I was doing. All right. Where I used this, I used the, a world similar to that with using all the stuff I found in here. Uh-huh. And it was actually one of their favorite worlds, just make, just mixed with a better system. I was using, what system? I was using Mutants and Masterminds, the first edition. First edition, all right. Which flawed in itself, but still worked, but... That was one of their favorite world because they could use their powers with full abandon. There were some that were in that game that were still trying to hold on to. We don't use we don't use our powers because of collateral damage. Right. In a world that's already pretty much destroyed, you could yeah blow stuff up. Yeah, and the people that had a you know the controlling plasma, who was completely afraid to use it very much, was just flinging it around and having a grand old time. Right. They, and they, that was the one they remembered for that campaign. <laughs> so basically you treated the whole game as a scenario. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Obviously, if you're doing a dimension genre hopping uh, game, grab a bunch of the, uh, these bargain bin 
games, read through them and use them as, and feel free to wreck them. You know, oh, we're going to kill the Uber NPC. Oh, we're going to blow up this, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Because and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to say that that world did not have Caster Troy in it. <laughs> this was a time when I had moved beyond that. Just so you know, Tom has a, had a thing about the movie Face Off, the John Woo, Nicolas Cage, John Travolta action movie, where for about two years he would just always make all of his PCs or NPCs in a game be Caster Troy, which is the Nicolas Cage bad, bad guy. guy with the gold-plated... Uh, Springfield Armory 45s, I still remember that. See, exactly. I, so. I know, I'm horrible. You so know, okay, we still I'm, give Tom I'm even, over shit. I'm even not giving you shit anymore for the Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was very young then. I yeah. was very immature. Well, I only want to do it because it's a 4chan meme run amok. Anyways. Ah, I see, yes. So, all right, cool. Um, so that brings me to my first point, uh, which is basically the first use of these games is to loot them or uh, treat them as material for your own game. Uh, pull through whatever material you find quickly. If you need a new alien race, a new type of bad guy, a new type of magic item, find it and uh, use it for your own game. Um, you don't have to read the whole thing. Just flip through it and find whatever parts uh, grab your eye. Um, an example of this would be um, Orpheus. This is a White Wolf game that's highly regarded but very not very popular. It's, uh, you know, you're playing a ghost, basically a recently dead person. And this is pretty much the new version of Wraith, isn't it? Um, or, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, Wraith Orpheus, sorry. Um they both have the similar rules, though. Anyways, the rule in this game uh, for both Wraith and Orpheus is that you have this shadow self, I believe. And yeah, the shadow self right. is played by another player, but he represents the evil side of your personality, the, you know, the id or whatever, the self-destructive, you know, negative, the dark side. So Ooh. another player would play that. And so I like this oppositional force within the players. Now, when I was running Monsters and Other child, child, yeah, Childish Things... The PC, each PC is a kid and a monster. Now, the problem is the PC's heart, any player is sort of hard up to role play both himself and I, another I character. Live, I live for that shit, though. Well, yeah, but. Um, I'm praising me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, there. Uh, settle down. Um, so, what I would do is assign a monster to a different player so the player would have someone else to role play against during their conversa conversation scenes. During battle and stuff, the player would still call the shots for the monster, but it gave each player a chance to be, you know, two characters and really liven things up. So that's something I looted uh, from Wraith slash Orpheus. I forgot which one, really. I, probably Wraith, I think, really emphasized that more than Orpheus. Right. But I've, I've got both games. So, anyways, what's up next? Well, up next, I have Mutazoids. Mutazoids, all right. Now, this is old because this still carries the Boneheads t sticker. Oh, yeah. Boneheads was a very uh, old-school gaming store in Springfield that closed down about 10 years ago. Something like that. Yeah, so right but, around 3rd Ed. Yeah, this is from White Produ Wit Productions Incorporated Yeah. with a uh, date of 1989. All right, very old back. school. This is, once again, another... More a soft apocalypse yeah. kind of thing. It was a plague apocalypse, not nuclear mystical destruction shit. Yeah. But uh, with the plague has horribly mutated parts of the population, and you're supposed to be playing a human or slightly just mutated police officer trying to keep them in line. System sucks. Game is crap. It really is. But the system for uh, creating mutants, Yeah. I really enjoy that. 
Okay. And I used that in another in another game I did where uh, I had a I had the player stuck in a city being struck by a Resident Evil style virus. Mm-hmm. Then instead of making uh, you know just zombies, it horribly mutated most of the people. And I used that chart to if I needed to roll up a quick one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there there's another example of grabbing elements. Um, it's really fun. One of the players is so thoroughly and this is the same same person that can't even play the dark side missions on video games. Yeah. Said refuse like no we can't kill them they're they're still innocent people and the other players like of course they're bang and he actually uh, he actually there's a little girl that had you know three mouth three gaping mouths that he tried to save and she devoured him. Wow. So Aaron was killed. Yeah. Wow. Horribly. Nice. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. Was that something planned, or is that just by the it roll ha- of the It dice? happened, and, and I said, I asked, I, I was one of those, I asked, you're going to do what? <laughs> and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save her, I'm going to get her out of this nightmare city. And like, All right, rolled some dice. She rolled good, so, uh, yeah, she, uh, she just ate your lower jaw. Wow, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, so again, though, you, you saw the system was crap, though. What was crap about it? Very, it was very clunky. You know, there's all kinds. There's all kinds of rolling for stuff like, oh, like too much rolling. Too much rolling. Okay. Yeah. So you you sort of learn from that. You mm-hmm. learn from its mistakes, and that's sort of my second point. Is it's sort of reading these older games, these bargain bin games, is a way to improve your own skills as uh, a game, as a game designer, writer, uh, master, or player. Uh, by seeing what uh, what has been done in the past. I mean, you might think your idea is great, but you can actually go flip through these games and see other implementations and then read up on how players received it, how it was received in the community. Obviously, too much too much die rolling is obviously not good. Right. I remember looking through Mutazoid, I was just browsing through it, and like the mutant creation tables, like for each player had to roll on each category, head, upper torso, throat, you know, ears. I mean, yeah. and it's like... Well, so- if you're well, playing, if you're just playing the slightly mutated, you roll a few times. Right. If you're playing the really mutated ones, which actually I thought was more interesting, you had to roll on every single one of them. Right, but that's a lot of rolling. And so if you're doing that, I mean, that's very time-consuming. So mm-hmm. uh, look through these to get a better... I mean, if you're not so interested in improving your own abilities... Or your knowledge of gaming or role-playing game theory or whatever else. It's not as important, but I'd recommend it. I mean, I, I'd sort of love going through these older games and seeing yeah. how they do and things. So it can also be good to get you out of the haze of your own bullshit, too. Yeah, widen your perspective. Yeah. Um, uh, I have another person. I'm not going to say names. <laughs> but he's been working on a system for the better part of 15 years. Wow. And he thinks that when he gets this published, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And the problem is... I've seen a lot of games that have done exactly the same thing. Yeah. In almost exactly the same way he's going to do it. And Is it the guy I'm probably thinking of who's doing this thing, uh, system similar to Storyteller? Or is it... No, different. Okay. Well, different system. Same guy, different system. Okay, okay. I mean, he's gotten a lot better. He's, I think he's kind of realized that... What's it similar to, then? It's or not what? so much the, the system as the idea. Okay. Of, you know, worlds within worlds... All, all worlds are connected. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, it was called Torg or yeah, Rifts. And you, or, well, and the, you could create your own worlds to play in. Uh huh. Which he's kept it pretty much now just to. He runs it with his friends now. Yeah. And is not trying to get it published anymore because I don't think he's realized that 
First well, of he all, should try it's, to get it's, it. Well, it's a saturated market, but he wants to sell it in Seattle. Okay. Which, it's really hard to get games published there from what I understand. Well, I mean, it's it's a global market now. I mean, if you... We'll do we'll talk about game design and the game. Well, actually, what I meant was, he, well, I think is, oh, he wants to open a gaming store. I see. Well, that's... Retail is different than, you know... Right, I, that's what I meant to say. Um... But it's fun as long when he keeps it in the group to people that know what that know it and like it and contribute yeah. to it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't really think it has mass appeal. Yeah. So we'll talk about the gaming industry in the uh, future. Well, I mean, well, as in Ross, we'll talk about it. Oh, you could talk to Tom. I mean, I'll allow it. <laughs> I once thought about getting a game published, yeah. but I didn't. Uh, Thank you. But. Shortly, I mean, you can get a game published anywhere with Lulu and POD and RPG.now. You can just upload PDFs. Well, yeah, and but you're those. not going to retire on the residuals. No, that's, I think, very few people. I, I, yeah, I mean, the, uh, yeah, it's it's about no the love has, of the game, not. Yeah, no one has followed the write a game, get it published, live comfortably forever. Right. I mean, because for one thing, you, you can't just publish one. You have to make it a career. Well, anyways, that's. Veering off topic, so... We do that. Um, anyways, so that, that was... Uh, uh, what's your third game? My third game is actually one that I... Is one that I've actually ran as it is. Yeah? Teenagers from Outer Space. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, this is from uh, the Fusion Powerhouse, or Fusion uh, System. Yeah. They're the same as do Mekton Z. Yeah. And this one surprised me. Yeah? I was flipping through it, and I, I have a love for all things monsters and aliens mm. i have a love for that so i saw it and i saw the premise i'm like oh this is you know, interesting it was only like four dollars yeah i was actually surprised how fun it was to run and play it yeah because it's based on a anime comedy mm-hmm. and very rules light you know like you need one die you don't roll that much yeah and it's one of those games where i love a really high roll can fuck you up as much as a really good one really low one Okay. See, that's another thing. I mean, like, it's um, interesting the, the game idea. Yeah, the example they give is: say you're rolling your uh, your uh, charisma to try and ask a girl out. Basically, yeah. it's humans and aliens in Earth high schools, kind of. Right. Thing. Right. And they say, you know, rolling too, like roll too high, and the girl may fall madly in love with you and follow you everywhere you go. I see. So, and I have a group. We we love to do comedy, and we can do it. Okay. Comedy is the hardest thing to do, I think. Uh, and make yeah. it, and make it dying's s- easy. Comedy's hard. Exactly, but no, this one I just ran as it is. Didn't change anything, and uh, they really don't have much of a setting, so you can make your own setting. But it really worked. Right. And it's one they requested I run over and over. <laughs> cool. And that was just for one four dollar investment. One four dollar investment. Uh, who's the author, by the way? Does it have uh, uh, and the copyright date? Copyright date nineteen ninety seven. Artel right. Sorian. Okay. We'll look, uh, open it up to the uh, first page. Two yeah. Page. Oh, there's a little comic in, involved in it. Yeah. Okay, and uh, written by Mike Pondsmith. Well, thank you, Mike Pondsmith. Yes, thank um, you very much. Actually, I, and so that brings me to my third point, the diamond in the rough, and that's a really good example that you got an incredible in value yeah. from that $4 game. And, um, yeah, I remember you talking about that a lot. Um, now, I have another game that's pretty similar to that. In that we have gotten a lot of value. It's uh, Little Fears. Anyways, uh, Little Fears is a horror game based on being a kid. Basically, it's like monsters and other childish things. Only Except there's they're, not no, your, they're not your friends. No, there's no monster. Well, yeah, the monster's not your friends. And it's based on ghost stories, uh, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark. 
uh, to more darker themes, it does mention child abuse as a potential theme. Um, that's why it's so, sort of controversial. I mean, I didn't use that in any of the games that I ran, but it was only $8. Apparently, it's a very rare game. You like used copies are like thirty to fifty bucks, or so. Not yeah. exactly a bargain bin thing. Well, no, it's a bar. It was a bargain bin because it was. I just saw it in metagames for eight bucks. I mean, not everybody oh, recognizes okay. its value. Right. So you, I mean, that's another thing. Diamonds in the rough. There are rare games out there that you can find for that they that they just sold and put a sticker on before they realize what they had. Yeah, or they don't don't realize at all. A lot of these obscure games are well obscure and not. Yeah, I don't think I ever played that game. No, but uh, there's an actual play of it on our site, uh, Little Fear's Night of the Squashed Cat. And... Oh, come on. You know I don't listen to our own site, Ross. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, thanks. It's, it's bullshit, bullshit. But we mind. got, I ran several games of it, and then actually other people in the group, including Karee, uh, who had never run a game before, uh, ran her first game using Little Fear's because it was such a simple concept of being a kid and having to deal with children's issues and, you know, dealing. It was, it was something everyone could relate to. So that's another example of a game that is a diamond in the rough. It, you, you just have to look out there and keep an eye out for these games that you know only cost you a few bucks, but you get an incredible value out of them. So what's uh, your last game? My last game is... This is actually a supplement to a game I'd already bought at retail price. Yeah. It's a Cyberpunk uh, uh, supplements, Chromebook 2. Mm-hmm. Now, I... I was only playing Cyberpunk, so I thought I'd just, I'd just get the first edition book of it, just to Cyberpunk 2020. By the way, mm. that's what I'm talking about, because I like you know it's cybernetics and big guns and armor. Yeah. Which I'm gonna go off on a brief rant here. Okay. My friend Sean loves to run Cybergen. Yeah. Which is like Cyberpunk 2027, where you're you're playing kids under effect with this nano plague mm-hmm. that makes you part machine. He said he says this is great. You know it's, you know, it's not like Cyberpunk. You know, we don't have to worry about big guns and armor and Every player in the group was like, "We like big guns and armor. That's why we play." <laughs> Give it. the players what you want, what they exactly. want. Exactly. That's yeah. that's my rant. Okay. Anyway, but Chromebook Two is a thanks uh, to the second style guide, mm-hmm. which in this one, the thing that I was just flipping through it, and two things caught my eye in it. One, of course, would be completely obvious to you. Right. The first is it has rules for the full conversion cyborgs. Okay. Yeah. You know, because arms are nice and legs are nice, but. You want to go full robot. This, uh, the book has a bunch of options, including stuff that you really technically can't get because you'd go stark raving mad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. The other is the exotic biosculpting. Yeah. Which is making yourself look like, you know, animals or things yeah. that are insects, things that are not human with surgery and modifications. Okay. Okay. And I basically, Cyberpunk became much more interesting to me with that. And this book was only like, this was 350 that I bought. Oh, I see. And of course, I brought it to the the game master like, "Hey, can I use this book for stuff in it, please?" And he looked. He's like, "Well, it's valid. Yeah, all right." <laughs> so instantly, the game was better. Okay, so uh, uh, my last example though would be sort of obviously uh, what we've been talking about is running a game with these bargain games because. Not only can you get the main book for cheap, you can get all the supplements. Now, my example would be Hunter the Reckoning. Oh yeah, I ran like a six-month campaign because I could get the main book for like eight bucks and all the all the uh, supplements for like four to five bucks. So I just kept picking them up like candy, and so I ran a full-on everything in the hunter books was allowed. All the different paths or disciples, or whatever they call it, creeds. I think they were creeds. Called. Yeah. Um, so we had players who were, uh, there was a hermit, there was a judge, there was all this other stuff, and they had all these different yeah. edges, and it, everyone had a lot of fun. It was yeah. a really great I played game. a werewolf, yeah. as I recall. 
Because you said you'd allow one supernatural thing in the group. Yeah, too. I think I did. So. You did say that. Yeah. All right, yeah. That, well, that first right. I was playing that IRA guy, McGinty. Yeah. yeah. Then he got killed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I mean, oh, that's too bad, Tom. Yeah. And by um, the way, Ross did the smart thing, right? Cause my, because one of the backgrounds in Hunter the Reckoning is Arsenal. Yeah. And my guy had it at five. Yeah. Which means I had, I had a Punisher-style room in my house. Yeah. And Ross made sure to that the cops confiscated all that crap before the teammates could get it for free. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But Ross uh, is a whore, by the way, for those yeah, who don't I, know. Him. I am a bitch. I, I'm. I, yeah. So uh, anyway, so you can run a whole game. So just think about you know whatever's shiny, new, and awesome right now. I mean, in a few years, it's going to be much, much cheaper if you can wait that long. Uh, Especially, grab it actually, then. Uh, yeah, meta games. Actually, all their three point three point oh and three point five stuff yeah. is now like sixty percent off. Yeah. If you ever wanted to run a 3.x game, you know, 3.5, grab it now. Um, for one thing, Pathfinder's coming out. That's the Pazio's alternative to 4th Ed. Right. And they're doing it 3.5 compatible. So if you still love, you know, um, multi-classing and splat books and prestige classes and all that other jazz. Which I do. Then uh, go for it. I mean, it's a different play style. So. Anyways. So that's sort of a brief overview of the sort of value, the sort of great stuff you can get out, out of the bargain bin. Um, if you or if you know somebody who's designed one of these games that have, are now in the bargain bin, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear your story about, you know, what it was like designing one, what's happened to it, what's, what, what you've yeah, learned from it. Do you like it? Are you ashamed by it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not ashamed. Um, well, still, that's, those stories are funny, too. Yeah. I think I keep thinking back to this um, this DJ Shadow uh, or this documentary uh, on DJs, and they talk about you know one of them is DJ Shadow, who's one of the, this great DJ Ross's hero. Yeah, well, one of them. anyways, he talks about he he's an obsessive collector. He's always finding these new records so he can add their sound, sample them for his own music, and he's always saying, oh, you know, whenever you look through here, look through all these crates. Um, you really as all these cats thought they were number one, th- thought they were great yesterday. Uh, Sooner or later, you know, when, anytime you're making music, anytime you, you're putting out a record, you're adding to this collection, whether you like it or not. So, I mean, I'm wanting to write. I'm wanting to create games. I mean, we're putting out these podcasts. Sooner or later, we're going to be in the bargain bin of history. As yeah, I, like to, I create my own games all the time, but I think my thing is I, have, like, I mostly design games to run for my group. Right. I never am thinking about could I publish this. Well, you could put it out for free on the internet. That's true. Put then, it on but then again, yeah, I also have like a crushing fear of rejection from other people. Oh, poor Tom. Well, except you. I don't care about you. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Thanks. Yeah, Tom. your opinion means nothing to me. But everyone else is total strangers. You know? Total strangers. The idea of total strangers saying, "Well, I don't really like this," I would break down sobbing right there. Wow. In fact, if you come to Gen Con, you might be able to see it. <laughs> I might break down sobbing at some point. Well, I liked your episodes. A huge video podcast, but... like, oh, God, fuck me! <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah. see Tom's total breakdown, and uh, he's the one driving. So, uh, yeah, that, that'll be fun. So, uh, yeah. That'll make be a fun trip back. Anyways, <laughs> um, so we're going to cut for seconds so we can Tom get his letter then uh, we have anecdotes and shout outs so get back fucking to A
comedian and wordmaster George Carlin died. For me, his death was difficult, far more difficult than any other celebrity death in recent memory. Most of the time a celebrity dies, I do the same thing. I say, that's too bad, and move on with some comment like, why can't Britney do this celebrity thing and off herself in a way that involves a toilet and 300 metric tons of prescription drugs? But the death of George Carlin was an event that actually ruined my day. I was out delivering blueprints, like always, and every time some cute company secretary said, have a nice day, in that overly perky trilling sound, all I could think was, life is now a pointless parade of soulless misery, you mindless fucking cunt. Not that I'm bitter. I know what you're thinking. This is a podcast about gaming. What does George Carlin have to do with gaming? First of all, suck my dick, you rotting pissant. Second... Carlin has done wonderful things for the gaming world. For example, who doesn't think about his view about the bullshit of the sanctity of life when your band of adventurers slaughter the entire adult male orc population and realize, hey, we're the heroes? Who hasn't realized that a stronghold or headquarters is simply a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff? Or in this case, loot and pillage more stuff. And I think we all know that if we don't say each of the seven words you can't say on television at least once per game session, then you aren't doing it right. Now these are just examples that are somewhat universal, but I have more examples of George Carlin's influence in my own personal gaming experience. In a Rifts game years ago, I was playing a Totten of principled alignment with a pet dragondactyl named Tippy, after George Carlin's favorite dog. He even died the same way, by running in front of a moving vehicle. Of course, in my case, it was a low-flying death's head transport and not a milk truck. There was a White Wolf game I ran where I shared Carlin's hatred of golf by having a fight between a pack of werewolves and a femori with a 12-foot-long, 9-inch-thick, tentacle-like penis that attacked by spewing streams of corrosive ejaculate take place in an expensive upscale country club. Trust me, hordes of preppy assholes melted like the swan ice sculpture. And I used every single stupid airline announcement that Carlin used to annoy a group of Jedi waiting at a starport in a Star Wars D20 game. By the end of it, the Keldor Jedi Counselor, who was a being of peace, was saying, and I quote, If that fucking cunt doesn't shut the fuck up, I'm going to have her ovaries decorating the hilt of my fucking lightsaber. In summation, the loss of George Carlin is something that I probably will never get over. He was my hero since age seven, and his words influenced my whole life, including my 21 years of gaming. The best I can do is to go on remembering everything he taught me over the years. In fact, I vow that the next game I run or play in, I will not rest until I can bring up pussy farts in some serious way. Fuck you, and good night. Great letter there, Tom. Thank you. I was yeah. tearing up there, you and, pussy fart. And by the way, that Fomori with the huge tentacle penis thing. Yeah. You, you have freak legions. You can make that. So uh, what game was that from? Is that a Rifts game or is that a... Uh, no, it was a White Wolf. White Wolf, okay. Because there's Fomori in Rifts, too. There's Fomori every... Anyways. Um, I'm talking about the Bane-possessed people. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Anyways, uh, one other thing. Uh, we've been doing a lot of actual plays lately, and we've got two more in the queue that I can upload at any time. But I know there's there seems to be two group people who really love our actual plays and then people who don't give a damn about them whatsoever. So in order to placate both groups, I'm going to create two RSS feeds, one with everything, the standard RSS feed. And then I'm going to create a sans you know, actual play feed. So if you don't like the actual plays, you will have an option to not subscribe to that. I'll put this in the content for this post so you can choose to opt out of the, uh, I'll still put the standard 
RSS feed will have everything. But you can choose to get everything but the actual I don't plus. understand why you wouldn't, though. We're gaming gods here, man. Well, because not everybody wants to listen to three or four hours of us playing a game. and Well, smart people would. Smart people like our RSS, our actual plays. I mean, it's just... Exactly. Yeah. Smart people would Well, like smart it. people can agree to disagree. I mean, the people who don't like it are smart, too. I need, I need the adoration, Ross. Yeah, well... I have nothing else. Because <laughs> uh, recently, like, uh, our uh, GURPS Modern League game has gotten a lot of feedback. Indeed. Uh, uh, we have another session of that queued up, and then we have uh, a game... Wushu, a, wushu, a game of Wushu, which is a uh, open, free RPG of action storytelling. That's pretty crazy. It was a game team dodgeball to save the planet Earth from being eaten by Galactus. It was uh, yeah, just as ridiculous as it sounds. Um, yeah, pretty much went that way. Yeah, no joke, no joke. So uh, let's start with the shout-outs. I'll start myself with uh, Wushu, which is the open RPG. It's free. It's uh, only like six pages long, easy to run, easy to set up. If, you, if you're panicked, if you don't know what to do for a game, uh, download the rules, print them out, use that for a session. It's, it's fun. It's not very complex. It's just some D6s. And uh, the main trait is you describe what your character does in great detail. For each little detail you add, you get one extra die. So saying I shoot him with my gun is one die, but I you slide down the banister, shooting with both hands and uh, uh, smoking a cigarette at the same time. And when I hit the ground, I draw, throw my uh, uh, automatics down, grab a bag, I use them as a body shield, and uh, uh, run down the uh, bar and shoot the other guy five times in the face. That would give you five dice. Basically, anything in the movie, shoot him up. Yeah. Well, no, hard boil. And shoot. Ross Ross can't can't like shoot him up. It's just no because you see I like the good movies, the movies that were original, innovative, like hard boiled. Hey, shoot him up was a good movie. No, it, yes it, it was. No, yes it was. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. No, shoot him up was like a seventh generation photocopy of a good movie. You know, with all the weird little mistakes and errors. you're a bitch. Yeah, you're a bitch, Ross. Anyways, what's your first shout out? Well, mine obviously in light in uh, the light of my letter. I want to give a shout out to the box set of Carlin's work called All My Stuff. All My Stuff. Which huh. is a big box set of every show he's ever done on HBO since the 70s. Damn. It's about $200, but best 200 bucks I ever spent, let me tell you that. Wow. Cool. 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 Yeah. It, if you're a Carlin fan, you, are, do, you do yourself a disservice by not having it. No joke. Sounds like it. Anyways, uh, my second shout-out is actually a video game, video game, one that I've been playing lately. It's a uh, gotten really bad reviews, It's uh, the graphics are ugly, the camera is incredibly flawed, and uh, the, the dialogue is poor, the story... If it's the same game, laughable comes to yeah. mind. Uh, the writing is bad, but I can't stop playing it, because it has werewolves fighting nazis in world war ii with bazookas and the werewolves do more damage with bazookas than humans because that's how werewolves are apparently werewolves holding weapons and make them inherently more damaging it's called operation darkness it's for the xbox 360 it's from atlas and uh if you ever wanted to be uh shooting nazis with uh werewolves and fire starters and uh herbert west reanimator and all these uh, herbert east but whatever um yeah that's your game by the way, I will actually give $5 to the person that can actually... Is there any artists who are listening? If you can do me a werewolf picture holding a bazooka, <laughs> I'll pay you 5 bucks. I'll leave. I'll, I'll work it through Ross. I'll yeah, pay we'll you $5. We'll pay pal to you. All exactly. right. All right, so that's standing off. So werewolf holding bazooka in an American outfit or a uh, British outfit? 
soldier uniform, or uh, does it matter? Doesn't matter. Does it have to be World War II bazooka, or can it be a modern bazooka? You, you just want a bazooka. I'll go for a World War II bazooka. Yeah. Or a stinger missile. Stinger missile. Okay. Because I just watched Charlie Wilson's War, and those things are cool. Okay, fair enough. All right. But uh, it has to be a good picture. No stick figure so crap. So if you like ridiculously hard strategic RPGs uh, like this gay or something like that, Operation Darkness, get it. They've only sold like 2,000 copies in the U.S. for a 360 game that's really bad. And it's it's probably going to disappear very soon. So get it now before it disappears forever. And uh, Goodbye. Yeah. So Goodbye. I'm having fun with it. But I don't care what anyone serious says. Serious about that offer, though. Okay. Five bucks. All right. Anyways, you got one more shout out? Yes, I do. Uh, it's a, mine is a movie that you first I first watched because of you. Yeah. Was The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Yeah. Ross knows exactly this movie. Yes, It's I know. basically someone sh- tried to rec- like shoot a movie done like those really bad B horror movies. B-movies of the 1950s. Yeah, a B-movie, of course, Night of the Blood Beast, uh, Plan 9 skull. from Outer Space. Yeah, those sort of, you know, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 fodder. And they shot it on digital video, but they turned it to black and white. And they it they take it takes really good actors to be to act convincingly bad in yeah. a way that's like the dialogue has to be heard to be believed. Like this will mean scientific advances in the field of science. Like and like we're lost. I'm afraid we're dreadfully lost. I'm afraid. Yeah. So if you're a fan of that genre, if you're a fan of mystery science theater, I would definitely recommend this movie. And Tom, there's a gaming reason why you like. Yes, it. a gaming reason is I recently showed this to. My some other friends of mine, and I'm currently running a Mutants and Masterminds game. I totally pimp that game all the time. Yes, you do. And they insisted that we have a session where they fight the skeleton of Cadavera, <laughs> which meant I had to go and create the lost skeleton of Cadavera yeah. using the Mutants and Masterminds rules. You know, you know the immunity to all fortitude effects for being just an undead skeleton. Yeah. Mind control. Yeah. I did, I had to do all that stuff, and they fought it, and. Yes, for if you watch the movie, he made some of the heroes dance. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That, and uh, I, I had to do the voice too. The I sleep now. Yes, exactly. So uh, it's a great, it's great stuff for a game. Anyways, uh, so finally we have our anecdotes for the game. Uh, first, we have one from Matt DeLeo, our fan from LA. So anecdote for you. I ran into this problem just last night. As a matter of fact, my brother-in-law is our group's normal game master. He's complained about how tired he was and really didn't think it was a good idea to play late to play last night. Well, being the RP junkies, we are renagged and begged until he gave in. Turns out this was a bad choice on our part. Play D and D three point five, and about thirty minutes in the game, we had two dead characters, a barbarian and a fighter, running from a horde of angry gnolls. Point here is I'm trying to make is I don't think it's a great idea to force a tired GM to play. I'm sure you might agree. Uh, let me know what you think. So, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, um, those makes normally if, weird if, if you have a decent enough group, you can have one player that's out of it and still in a matter, but the GM's not into it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, the game's either going to suck or he's going to make you pay. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. Or when the GM's in a bad mood, uh, for, his girlfriend just left him. And, yeah, exactly. Or his mom's kicking him out of the house or his mom just burned his, you know, D and D books or whatever. So, or he's uh, tripping acid. Although those can be fun games in, in a way that's not really related to the game. It's like, it's like, like Asmodeus, Asmodeus, Lord of the Ninth Circle of Hell, is looking at you in a way that's very suggestive. Yes, and then the walls start screaming and uh, so on and so forth. 
So, uh, yeah, it's great and stuff. You must, you, and you must watch Common Law Wife. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a one-hour collection I have called Attack of the Bee Movies, which is a just a collection of trailers from it. That's one of the trailers. It's, it's one that most Wife. sticks out. It's just it's a guy just in a ho- in a cheap hotel room. Yeah, just talking, just saying, you must see Common Law Wife. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, anyways, uh, do you have any anecdotes, Tom? Nothing. Well, I had one of those. I had I had like well one of those bad gaming moments where everything fell apart last night. Oh yeah. Yep. What happened? You can cry on my shoulder, Tom. I, I don't want to. Okay. Well, we were, it was the night we we're supposed to run the Iron Age thing, and one of the players sent us sent us a text message saying, and I quote, "Something came up. I'll catch up with you." Okay. Now we took this to mean something came up. I'll be later than I said. So, you know, just go ahead and start without me. I'll catch up with you when I get there. We don't do that. Hmm. Because to us, we were approaching a very critical battle where we everyone was already leaving to it. Yeah. So it was be kind of stupid to have one guy, wait, my mom's calling. I got to go over here. <laughs> so we waited for him. Yeah. And it, you know, 10 minutes turned into 30. 30 into an hour. Yeah. One hour into five hours. That's... And finally... We got to the point where we were all really jonesing to play this. Yeah. So, and yeah. Finally it got to the point we were we really started cursing him out. Which is bad because if he had actually shown up at that moment. Yeah, he would have got he would have gotten it. His character yeah. would not have survived. <laughs> so thank God, we someone just thought like because I, I I mentioned the Onion movie to Aaron. Yeah. He says, "Hey, isn't that at the video store? Can we just go rent that?" And yeah. Oh, did you all watch it then? We rented it, and well, I got tired of waiting for you to have a moment. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. And we watched it. By the way, I'm, I'll pimp that movie. That movie's fucking funny. Yeah. It is. Bank so it, it, it calmed us. Okay. All right, well, but, uh, Yeah, certainly. If we had actually started a game when he showed up after five hours, yeah. bad things would have happened to him. Yeah. Um, I was uh, also got to play this week in a 4th Ed D&D game. Uh, by the way, we will do uh, several actual plays of D&D 4th Edition. I don't know when we're still doing the GURPS Modern League for right now. There'll be more so, of that for sure. But yeah, there there will be plenty of D and D Fourth Edition. Uh, I haven't gotten the books yet because, because you know, Amazon is being a bitch. And, well, and, and yeah, I don't want to. It'll pay. be new because no one's actually done a play of a review and play of Fourth Ed Fourth Ed D and D yet. No, that they have. That was a sarcastic joke, Ross. Oh, well, you see, you didn't have the right inflection. You, 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 I think my inflection was just fine. Thank you very much. You son <sighs> of a bitch. All right. Anyways, but I do have a couple quotes from the game. Uh, again, Carter, the guy with the language abilities from ah, last session, yes. he, he was trying to talk to this elf in an inn. So he approached the elf and went said to her, I notice you are an elf with a bow. <laughs> 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 that sort of stopped things. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian, my character's name is Henry Wizard, and I'm playing a wizard because uh, that's how I roll. And like shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, I spelled wizard differently. I spelled it like uh, from the episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, Interfaction. Okay. Anyways, uh, are you whispering to him with your wizard lips? And uh, then also, this is another thing from Carter. How do you said, not? How do you not in, in get a sex vibe from that quote? Yeah. Uh, if you're here to drink in peace, why haven't you touched your drink? Carter bought the elf a drink and didn't. The elf wasn't drinking because the elf wanted him to go away. It's like, why haven't you touched a drink? So, uh, and then finally, Dan is playing a minotaur. So as soon as he entered the inn, he's like, yes, yes, put away the china. So, very <laughs> nice. fun. 
And then finally, um, this isn't technically an antidote specifically to us, but it's too funny not to mention. This is from the Something Awful forum. So they have a traditional games forum, which is mostly play-by-post games, but they have a couple of discussion threads. Anyways, they have one thread called What's Your Worst Experience with Role-Playing? It's a hilarious thread. And there's too much to be... There's well, it's, so it's, a, it's a something awful forum. Yeah, and this is the worst of the worst of the worst uh, in terms of bad experiences. This is a good one, though. Anyways, I've got something to uh, contribute as far as horrible RP goes. This happened around when I first started playing D&D with my regular group. Our regular DM had decided that he wanted to play as a PC for a quick change of pace, so we allowed one of the other players DM for the first time. What we didn't realize is this DM sucked ass. And uh, what what followed was a railroaded tard fest that we still joke about today. Uh, so we got in, so they get the Legend of the Five Rings book, and they're passing about. So uh, you know, so they're doing Legend of Five Rings in D and D. So we started off with a group in a small cave. Apparently no entrance or exit to speak of, as well as no explanation for what the hell is going on. So we go along into the first room we go to, we meet two Bodaks. Bodaks are about CR-10, undead, kill you with a, you know, stare attack. And make another Gaze attack, yeah. One of them is crying, the other one begins to attack attack us. Before the combat begins, we ask him if he realizes that he's pitting a CR-8, sorry, undead against a group of four level three-ish characters. He realizes that he's made a big mistake, and so solves it by stating the crying Bodek killed the other one with its death gaze. The other one then goes back to crying, and we are they were all awarded experience points for God knows what else. For God knows what reason. At this point, we're all as confused as fuck, seeing none of them uh, seen as none of that had happened had made any sense whatsoever. After a lengthy debate between the characters whether we should kill the remaining one since it's an evil undead, the DM stop us, tells us that we're currently talking to it about what's wrong. The Bodak tells us of its plight. It's lost in this cave, separated from its mother. What the fuck? <laughs> and that the leader of the crab clan is coming to kill it, so we need to help it. This shit is going to take forever to type out, so I'm just going to summarize this uh, rest of this train wreck with through our dialogue. The DM. So you go into the next room. Wait, we're not done here yet. Yes, you are. You go in and there's the leader of the crab clan and he's attacking you. Holy shit, we're going to die. Wait a second. I'm a crab samurai. Why is he attacking? He wouldn't do that. Yes, he would because he's just the other leader. Also, he's an imposter. (laughs) There's only one leader. Well, he's really Garl Glittergold and he's attacking us. Uh, Well, uh, he's my patron deity and I'm a gnome. He might be able to help us out. He would, but he's out of spells per day. <laughs> also, he's leaving now, but he can't take you with him. He tells you that there's a trap right outside the door, and before he disappears, he summons 20 kobolds. Ah! 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 Don't worry. They're dead. They're good kobolds. They all run into the trap and sacrifice themselves to save you. They're all dead. You can't help them. So you go back to the bodek, and he's happy now. He's going to be traveling with you to help you out. What the Christ? It says that the only way out is through the portal behind them to the elemental plane of fire. It's you go through. So we uh, pretty much burn to death. No, he gives you all boots to stop the burning. At this point, we stop the campaign, trying to figure out what the hell this guy's process was for this, and if any drugs were involved. We want to see how bad it would get, and it definitely surpassed all our expectations. The worst part about it is he was actually trying he we laughed it off for about 10 minutes and banned him from dming ever again before returning to the old dms campaign funny enough though he ran a one-shot dungeon crawl a few years later which was uh, extremely well done so apparently he learned his lesson okay that traveling around with a bodak who's your best who's your best buddy you're trying to find the bodak's mother before the leader, the crab samurai leader. Does he realize that Bodaks don't fuck? Well, 
Or his mortal. No, it was actually Garo Glitter Gold. Of course. Yeah, so. uh, Because every kid he has is a Bodak. I mean, Lost sounds more cogent now than. (laughs) (laughs) I I just had to read that because it was just so insane. But I'll link to the thread. The whole thread is hilarious. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, great stuff. But uh, that's either the worst. That's that's like abstract avant garde RP. Or or, on a level we can't even cover. It's either that or a shit stained piece of toilet paper. Well. One man's shit is another man's bargain bin bonanza. I don't Fucking know. Fucking A. Yes. So anyways, that's uh, episode 17. Uh, uh, feel free to comment, email, uh, or post on our forums or any of that other jazz. And, uh, and uh, keep on remember, I'm serious us. about that offer. Yeah, the commission artwork, so we'll put up a thread. It's five bucks, so, you know, yeah. don't give me something that's worth, uh, you know, 50 bucks, because then I won't feel bad, but I'll think you're stupid. <laughs> You could just say maybe they just take pride in their craftsmanship. Well, okay, if there's that, I will say yes. You take pride in your craftsmanship, and we'll certainly mention you. We'll link to your site if you have a website. Yeah, but don't do an MS Paint stick figure drawing and try and expect to get five bucks. That would just be lame. Anyways, all right, well, we'll uh, see you next time. All right, see you, bye.
ничего не остается покров. 